This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's a place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome aboard, folks. Dr. Charles Parker here for another episode of Core Brain Journal, and we're going to go into an area that's directly related to brain function and technology. Uh, Daniel Braun is going to be with us today for uh, a brief review of a very comprehensive and interesting subject. Daniel's going to talk to us about electromagnetic field radiation and what it can do to your brain. I want you to stay tuned. This guy is on top of it. Daniel, thank you so much for joining. I appreciate it. Hey, Chuck, thanks so much for inviting me. I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing some of the things we've learned over the last several years in the subject. So I really appreciate you inviting us. Well, it's going to be so much fun because you're so deep. I mean, you've worked with everybody. So this is going to be interesting. So I have. Let, me, <laughs> let me say a few words from our sponsors and we'll go from there. As you folks know, we really do love the reality of real data here at CBJ. And today we welcome our clinical friend and sponsor partner, Direct Health Access Laboratory. With over 3 million studies, they are deep leaders of experience with the big picture of measuring, for example, methylation, cryptopyrrole, and copper challenges right there down on basic brain function. They provide a global service with a molecular focus. Stay tuned and do take a look at them over at dhalab.com forward slash core for more information. And then you also know how much we appreciate detailed improvements of mind care in terms of treatment modalities. And today we're pleased to also welcome a, another partner with a deep interest in fresh options to address, get this folks, the complexity of adolescent treatment failure nationally and internationally. For 80 years, the nonprofit Barry Robinson Center teams in Norfolk, Virginia, provide residential care and intensive outpatient care locally for involved family, interpersonal, and they're TRICARE friendly. They have a global approach because so many of their clients are globally connected. So for more information, drop over to barryrobinson.org forward slash core. So with that, folks, let's talk a little more about Daniel and get him started. He's an internationally recognized and influential expert in the EMF radiation field. That's electromagnetic field radiation, related health issues, shielding purposes, and a particular focus on the effect of exposure from personal mobile devices. I mean, is there anybody out there that's listening that doesn't have a personal mobile device up next to their ear. Stay tuned. So Daniel's concern regarding the health impact of EMF emissions grew from over 30 years of engineering experience in the telecommunications industry, where he held a variety of leadership and executive positions with Science Applications International Corporation, Telcordia, AT&T, and Bell Labs. I mean, that man has been around. So throughout his career, he's created requirements for large telecommunication systems, led technical divisions responsible for establishing industry standards, 
and formed analysis, analysis adherence testing for next generation digital transmission symptoms. So he also oversaw laboratories that analyzed electromagnetic radiation interference, electrical signals, and digital formats. He and his teams looked upon, uh, are looked upon as industry authorities. Daniel is the inventor. This is the part I wanted to get to, Defender Shield. I was just over there looking at it. He has so many interesting devices at Defender Shield. We'll talk more about that when we get into the interview. It's a form of protecting uh, people from radiation technology, from modern tech, elect, electronic devices, such as cell phones, laptops. I mean, now I'm worried about my laptop giving me uh, some kind of cancer in, the, in, the, in, in that area, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, so anyway, he's highly regarded industry uh, consultant, writer, and speaker, and is a frequent guest on national radio and television programs discussing the impact of EMF radiation and protection options. Thanks again, Daniel, for joining us. So let's talk about how you turned the tide with yourself and got into this. How did it happen that you became interested and then went down the field of actually uh, putting together Defender Shield? A, a, great, a, a great question. Let me tell you why. About, about five years ago, my sons, who are adults, came to visit us, my wife and I, and they had their laptops on their laps for hours. They, they, they wouldn't take it off. They had them on their laps. My wife says, I want grandchildren. Get them off of there. Yeah. Now, she's not a science expert, but she said intuitively to herself, that can't be good. And so I thought about it for a little bit, and I said, wait a minute, I know exactly what the emissions are that's coming off the laptop. And mm -hmm. there were quite a number of them, and I said to myself, geez, it's, I wonder if there's a real problem with this. So what I did is I did some literature search, and sure enough, there was scientific evidence that said that ex excess exposures to electromagnetic radiation can harm the sperm count. Mm. and reduce the sperm by 25% after several hours of being exposed. Even these low-level radiating sources actually can impact the sperm. So I said, well, let's go find something to fix the problem. And we'll talk a little bit more about what the problem is in a second. But I said, okay, let's go find something. Believe it or not, I couldn't find anything in the marketplace that actually could protect my sons. Mm. They, 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 they would protect uh, lo extremely low radiation or... RF, but not both. So you were only getting partial protection. So I built stuff for my sons. My sons liked them. Their friends wanted some. Their, our neighbors wanted some. So I started producing them for, for everyone. And then everyone said, well, why can't you build stuff for cell phones? Why can't you build stuff for uh, tablets? And I said, I can. The technology I created, which is, by the way, was for Bell Labs. 35, 40 years ago, there was transatlantic um, cables that ran to Europe and they used shielding jackets to protect the wires. And I just took that technology from the, from the labs and I, I bought some other technologies, packaged it up and voila, that's how I got into this. Very, very interesting. I mean, you know, that's the first time just talking to you and preparing for this conversation was the first time I was aware there was any protective technology like that. I mean, or any, any um, method by which one could protect themselves. Because, I mean, two hours is far less than I spend with my laptop on my lap. 
Yeah, and and, and and what was what was really really interesting, Chuck, to me was there was such evidence in the science community that was not known by the general public, and I, I didn't quite understand that dynamic, but we did know that through scientific study there were clear and evident impacts to the body. Um, and of course, the, the, the brain, the, 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 the way the, the electromagnetic infrastructure works of the body, uh, muscle response, all these things are impacted by these kinds of exposures. Mm. Well, well, that's why, by the way, I wrote the book with my son, Radiation Nation. I realized that we need to try to bring to the forefront that these kind of things we have every day in our lives do impact the body. And you should be aware of that so you can take precautionary measures to try to reduce those risks. Well, you know, Daniel, thank you so much on behalf of our listeners for offering a book as a giveaway. And it'll be over there on the show notes. And it's Radiation Nation, The Fallout of Modern Technology, A Complete Guide to EMF Protection, Proven Health Risks, of EMF radiation and what you can do to protect yourself and your family. So that's really going to be a great gift and people can come over there and sign up for it and, and take that book home. I mean, it's just great that you're offering it. And I'm so interested in taking this conversation into so many different areas because, uh, you know, we talked for just a couple seconds before we went on. And uh, I think there's so many different uh, you know, electromagnetic fields are so ubiquitous and so omnipresent that people don't even think about them. It's no. just sort of, it, you know, just turning the Wi-Fi on in the house and is radiating all through the house on a regular basis. Right. Uh, we had, and so let's break this down a little bit. I wanted to talk about power lines. I want to talk about Wi-Fi in the house. And I wanted to also ask you if you could tell us something about uh, ways that we could protect ourselves with cell phones uh, in terms of, you know, adjacency to the ear, the head, uh, any of those subjects. But let's start with Wi-Fi in the house, if we can, please. Um, Chuck, if, if you don't mind, maybe I'll give a little bit of a description of what this stuff really is. Oh, please. Yeah. So, so, so um, uh, 10, 15 years ago, electronics that we had around us was typically far away from us. So if there were emissions coming from those devices, generally speaking, we were fairly safe. Fast forward to, in fact, I talk about Bell Labs. There was a mainframe that was 100 yards away from me uh, that created immense emissions when I was in the labs. And I never worried about it. Today, that same power computing power is in my lap. So all of a sudden mm. that stuff is really coming close to us and our bodies. That's why today we have to start thinking about it because over the last 10 years, stuff started getting really, really close to us. And as you just mentioned, it's pervasive in our lives, including the Wi-Fi's that are in our, in our houses, the transmitters from cell towers, the wires, cable overhead wires that are running in front of our house. So, Electromagnetic radiation doesn't exist in nature. Everything that's created is created by stuff mankind built. The stuff you talked about, like the Wi-Fi, the, the Wi-Fi connects your laptop, your tablet, 
It's a it's an electromagnetic radiation communications to the devices. So when you've got internet access, you get it through those devices. Um, and, and so there's the RF, radio frequency stuff, that is like one source of it. Um, you, you mentioned the power lines a minute ago. Power lines, when, they, when current runs through power lines, the byproduct of that is electromagnetic radiation. You know, when you did the, um, your little test where you took a, a nail and you put some wire around it and, and, and you put a battery on it and it would pick up, it would be magnetic? Yes. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what exactly happens with the wires uh, emitting those emissions. So cows don't deliver it. Nature doesn't create it. It's something we <laughs> created and put it into our lives. So those electromagnetic fields are pouring out of those power lines. And if I was living in an office, which I did for probably 15 years, which was power lines in the backyard, yeah. Uh, we were just getting washed in it on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, if you take a, a fluorescent light bulb and you were to walk in your backyard, it would have lit up. That's how much power is there, mm. believe it or not. Um, I, was, I was giving a lecture recently, and someone told me about they, they were literally within 50 feet of this high-powered, uh, high, uh, 10,000 uh, uh, volt li li wiring. And they asked me what to do. And I said, move. Don't expose yourself because it's long-term, constant duration over that time, and that's what impacts the cells. That's what creates the problems for the body to deal with. It's mm. when there's that constant exposure. And they thought I was kidding. I actually wasn't. Um, you know, that, that stuff, if you're not 200 to 300 foot away from those wires, uh, you, you really have to consider um, either shielding your, your house uh, from the those kinds of admissions um, or move and it's true for cell towers if you if you have a cell tower 50 feet above you it, it, right next to your your house that's not good for you it's a constant load hitting your cells impacting those cells so uh, that is interesting so now let's take this another step because now we have the concept of electromagnetic radiation and we've had people on uh, here on Core Brain Journal that talk about using transcranial magnetic stimulation. I mean, it's a new thing in psychiatry to actually shoot electromagnetic waves in the brain to stabilize brain function. That's a, a healthy healing. It's not, it's not all day every day. It's a period of time. Yeah, so, I, I, exactly, Chuck. That, that's the really key point you just made. In the science community, in the medical community, there are various doses used today of electromagnetic radiation, but it's very short. The durations are very short, and the power levels are very controlled. And so because of that controlled environment, that's where you're much safer. It's when it's outside of the medical space that you really got to think about it because it's, it's a free-for-all out there. We're entering into a free-for-all in our space. So then tell us a little more about, uh, in general, about the pathophysiology, if you can. I mean, that's a big word, but really, what does it do to, like, for example, brain cells? We're at Core Brain Journal here. We want to know a little bit about the brain. What does it actually do to modify cellular function to um, 
that that organism? Um, uh, oxidative stress. Have you heard of oxidative stress? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. So when a cell is being attacked by a toxin, and EMF is a toxin, the membrane actually uh, weakens. And as a result of that weakening, calcium channels from the body, our own body, penetrate the cell. When that happens, oxide builds within it, and voila, damaged DNA, mutated cells, it can get pretty serious when it's under that oxidative stress. So that's one of the real serious detail levels that you gotta worry about. But when you sleep at night, uh, Chuck, and you have your cell phone right next to you when you're sleeping and you can't Mm -hmm. sleep, why? Why? The melatonin, the machine that builds the melatonin in your body is being disrupted by those, those emissions, believe it or not, and you can't sleep. So even uh, that stop you right there because this is a problem for me. So you mean if it's sitting on on a side table, you really have to have it how many feet away? So it's at not at least at least four feet away. When at night when you're sleeping, I always recommend at least ten foot. Four foot is safe, but remember you're going to be in there eight hours. So you want to remove anything that creates an emission, either your uh, clocks, make sure they're far enough away, your, your router, never have a router in a bedroom, cell phones on the, uh, in the other room. You don't need to answer your phone. If you, if you hear a ringing, run and pick it up. Those emissions are constant loads to your body, and that's what you're trying to prevent from happening. Great advice. I'm telling you, take this home. Tonight's going to be a different night. I appreciate it. Hey, in fact, um, what you may want to do is, you know, put a, a timer on your routers, turn it off at night with $10 uh, timer, and then turn it back on in the morning. It stops the low-level emissions within your your house. Simple. That is a great idea. You know, I was thinking about doing it manually because, as I mentioned earlier briefly when we were talking, my son's telling me I need to get turned off. But that's a great idea. Just put a timer. I have ta- timers on the lamps. and just plug yeah. it. Plug it in, be done with it. Yeah, yeah, you're finished. So I want to continue sharing some thoughts uh, with you um, about the impact of the brain. Um, uh, when you talk about a radio frequency signal, roughly it's in the, uh, I hate to get details, in the gigahertz space. It's, 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 it's a, remember the number two. When you go and you take a piece of meat and you put it into a microwave oven, you close the door, you turn it on, what's going on? The water between the molecules are, is heating up those cells and oscillating the cells. And that's what's actually cooking the food, the meat that you eat. And it's a two, roughly a two gigahertz, um, fairly powerful signal. Well, guess what? When you put something to your head, when you're using an RF uh, cell tower connection, it's a two gigahertz. In other words, a microwave oven, a microwave signal equals an RF signal. They're the same thing. The power levels are much less, but don't, don't, mis- don't be misled. They have the same impact to the health. In fact, the standard that was developed 35 years ago, um, the federal government took a six foot male 
and they said to um, we're going to make a standard where we're not going to let the body heat up more than two degrees and the signal to penetrate more than one inch. So a microwave, as we just explained, is a thermal emitting signal. Um, so that six foot male occasional use. I remind everybody, 35 years ago, I didn't have anybody to call because none of my buddies had a phone. So occasional use then was very, very different than today. Today, it's literally in our hands for, in our heads for minutes, if not hours. So yeah. all of a sudden, the pattern of use is very different. What's the impact to a child? Well, as you know, Chuck, the, the physiological infrastructure of the body's brain, the cranium, the outer skin, is very different than a six-year-old child. That standard that was created 30-some-odd years ago was for a six-foot male. What does that signal do to a child at six years old? It goes completely through their head. And remember, mm. you're an old guy, I'm an old guy, right? We're not going to, we use, keep on, we, we, we're going to die soon. <laughs> remember, those children are using it now, and it's the start of their lives. What's the impact? Who knows? It can be pretty catastrophic. Well, how does one deal with it? Since we're talking about the cell phone in particular, let's take that conversation just a little bit further. And please tell us uh, for a moment here, what happens when the cell phone's right next to the ear? And then what happens if you have uh, earplugs on and your buds are, you know, whatever, two, three feet away? What's the difference in that situation? And uh, what, what, what would you recommend in that regard? Here's a general rule of thumb. Any emitting source that's in our households today, your, your, your toaster, uh, your refrigerator, your cell phone, your tablet, your laptop, um, when they're directly against your body, that's the worst condition to the body. If you take it one foot away, the impacting danger is removed by 80%. By wow. four, by four, uh, by four uh, feet, 98%. It really becomes much more, much less influential to the to the body cells, and you really are much, much safer. So, to answer your question, if you have a cell phone to your head, that's the worst you can have it. If you have it in your hand and you're on speakerphone, that's the best you can have it. If you have earbuds, that's pretty good. You've reduced substantially that exposure, and so by simply using those practices, you really minimize. And, um, and in some cases, eliminate the potential dangers of those emissions. So simple, simple little practices really do help. Well, you know, that's so helpful. I, I, you know, I, I feel compassionate because there's so many people that I know in the pharmaceutical industry who are pharmaceutical sales reps that I've worked with for years. We've been on the road with reps all over the country, really. And, uh, you know, through Canada, you know, I won't get into the details, but every one of the reps is on the phone. Yep. And this is the day before you had Bluetooth. And I'm going to ask you about Bluetooth in a minute. But basically what happens is before you had Bluetooth, they were on the phone, had that phone right up into their ear all day, uh, yeah. arranging where they were going to be, who they were going to meet, uh, and uh, taking calls. And I think a lot of our medical professionals are the same way. I mean, 
the issue is I, I don't really hang out with the acute care docs just because I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on my own mission doing my own thing. But I know that they are terribly busy and carry those cell phones around and, and really have uh, a tremendous exposure. So number one, that, tell us about that Bluetooth thing, number one. And number two, um, you're really saying that all of those people really should be using earbuds and they, now they should be having the cell phone somewhere distant from them, at least three feet. Unless they use a shielding device of some sort. But let's talk about the cell phone. And we talk about transmitters of a cell phone. Well, there's the cell tower connection. So that's a transmitter, uh, an RF transmitter. Then there's the Bluetooth transmitter that's connecting about 50 foot, uh, 30 to 50 foot, depending on the device it's touching. And then there's the Wi-Fi. You actually can have three transmitters out of one cell phone. And that's not even talking about the extremely low frequency stuff which is the byproduct of it operating. And so you're right. You really do bring much more than the standard ever was intended to protect you from with all these now, these modifications. So Bluetooth, by the way, think of it this way. Uh, a cell tower goes three to five miles connection. Uh, a Bluetooth goes uh, 500. So it's m most likely less dangerous to you. Although science research does not differentiate the difference between those two signals. In fact, some argue the duration and the amplitude level of a constant load, even if it's low load, have the same effect on the cells. Say that again, if you would, because you're, you're familiar with those measurements, but just say that again, because I didn't quite get that. I was really wanted to make okay. sure if I didn't get it, I don't think others did. So what were the distances and how, how, how did they compare when you were talking about? When you have a cell phone and it connects to a cell tower, that can yes. go three, three to five miles. Three to five miles, got When you. you have a Bluetooth, being transmitted from your cell phone, it can go at about 30 to 50 feet, depending on, on the device. Okay. okay. So it's much less strength. Think of it, the, the, the amplitude, the power of it is much less. I got you. Okay. But it's still a constant load. And science doesn't differentiate between a RF signal that has a very, very low amplitude versus a slightly higher amplitude. Science does not have that detail. Okay, so let me ask this question. So, you know, I'm really excited about the car that I have. It's got a Bluetooth in it, so I don't have to pick the phone up to my ear and I can do a call on it. And I've got the phone on Bluetooth on a regular basis, hop in the car, hit the button and, uh, and do a call and I don't have, it's uh, hands-free. Now, what happens with that? Should I do the Bluetooth in the car or should I actually put the earbuds on, do the call on the earbuds and, and call it a day with that? Which, which would you recommend on that small nuance? Um, actually, you know the answer. If you take it and you put it four foot away, use the Bluetooth. It's not going to interrupt your body. It's equivalent to your earbuds, believe it or not. So long as you take that device and you move it far enough away from you, it won't impact you. That's uh, the general rule. Oh, good. Interesting. Thank you. But don't put it in your pocket and use it. Take it out of your pocket <laughs> and put it in. Put it in the back seat. Put it in the back seat. Have it a visitor for you with a travel with. Well, that's very interesting. Let's take a minute. We're going to take a minute here because I got another question for you. And 
One of the things I wanted to make sure that I ask you about, because we talked, again, we talked very briefly, but we hit a number of interesting points um, about ADHD and uh, cell phones. And because I've been in working in the field of attention deficit disorder, and, and by the way, uh, you know, that's not all I do. I think people say that's all you do is ADHD, but no, I mean, I think ADHD, just like this conversation we're having here, opens up an entire large larger conversation about what's going on with brain function if we really look at executive function. And when, I, when we come back in just a moment, we'll take a little break here. We come back in just a moment, the question I want to ask you is, can you tell us more about how cell phones and electromagnetic field radiation can affect and change cognitive function, ADHD, executive function in human beings? So, we're going to take a break now. We'll be back in just a minute. Well, folks, you know as well as I do that psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medication trials and those very, very brief hospitalizations, may prove insufficient to deal at home with the complexity of troubled children and, and those adolescents from 6 to 17 years old. Improved care, those next mandatory steps should include a more comprehensive approach to address those multiple levels of challenges, from family to peers to school, diagnostically from defiance to depression, on every level for families, including military families internationally. The Barry Robinson Center's 32-acre open college-like campus in Norfolk, Virginia, provides safety and security and clean, comfortable living how do we know we refer folks over there all the time, strongly endorse what they're doing? So for further information and informed interview, connect at this page, barryrobinson.org forward slash core. Well, you folks already know that here at Core Brain Journal, we're on a mission to introduce you to resources that make significant contributions to the investigation of those predictable mind science applications. Our colleagues at DHA Lab Group provide a real difference with treatment options for people at every level, from first awareness of mind problems to those frustrating times when even well-informed treatment becomes surprisingly unpredictable. For my entire professional life, from psychoanalysis to brain scans, I've searched for, yes, improved predictability. The good news for all of us, from professionals to patients, remarkably effective research offers useful cost-effective, organic options far beyond guesswork with psychiatric medications alone. DHA lab tests measure unbalanced biomedical details through easily available testing, now available globally for a variety of molecular answers from, for example, methylation, copper, and cryptopyrrole challenges. Check in for more details at dhalab.com core. That's dhalab.com forward slash core. Well, Daniel, thanks so much for this very interesting conversation. You know what I really find so pleasant and so reassuring about this conversation is it has such practical value for everybody that's listening. I mean, this isn't something that we have to, you know, read a book about. I mean, this is something you can just take right out and do something with right at this moment. So we're going to talk about ADHD first, and then we're going to talk about your devices in detail in just a moment after that. So how, does, how, does, how do these electromagnetic radiation fields uh, affect cognitive function? How does that work? Um, I'll answer that. And then what I'm going to do is talk about 
uh, a recent uh, federal government study that talked about impacts to the frontal lobe, believe it or not, no. which I'm, I'm sure you're going to be very interested in hearing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, leukemia, ADHD, learning problems. There is preponderance of evidence from many, many scientific communities linking exposures to the body, to the brain of the body. Um, and so, um, um, actually, for your listening audience, uh, some, of the, some of the best source stuff that's coming out of uh, the science space is the bioinitiative, a bunch of researchers around the world that talk about the impacts um, uh, of uh, exposures, in, including ADHD. Uh, we, we know. How does it do it? And, and this is what, why it's important. You actually mentioned to me before that, that it's all around us. Well, well, what does that actually mean? I talk, I talk about bees in the room. Think of a transmitter as a bee in a room. One bee will not kill you. If you have a thousand bees in the room, a thousand bees kill. So mm -hmm. what you want to think about is how you eliminate the bees in the room. When you can, what's the impact of that? Um, I, I mentioned the standard. I, I never did say it's 1.6 watts per kilogram. Um, it, it's an it's a energy level. What was that phrase, dotsiquat? <laughs> one, one six watts per kilogram. Oh, one dot six. I could. I like that was a new term. I'm, I'm speaking Spanish. One, yeah, that's okay. I got you. And, and um, when you have a a thousand bees in the room, you have actually um, at least um, one. I mean, dot five which is about one third of the power level of a transmitter from a cell phone. And it's always on. That's what's interfering with the brain cells. It's actually, it's a, con it's a congestion of, of bees that they're impacting you silently and you don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so, that, so, that, so that's the uh, answer directly to your ADHD. In fact, by the way, th there was a physicist out of uh, the UK uh, he used to de he he used to develop weaponry for the UK, and he was a physicist. He used to use RF to fight the enemy, and he refers to um, the, the RF as guns in the classroom. And he's saying we used to use this to hurt our enemy, and now we, we have it in our classrooms. It doesn't make sense. But let's talk about this study. Uh, the, the National Toxicity Program uh, was done last year by the by uh, by, uh, uh, by by the federal government. What they did was they had an epidemiology study. They took transmitted from a cell phone and a very significantly sig significant statistical base, and looked for the impact of varying loads of these transmitted signals to the population. And what they found, much to their surprise, was that the most impacted were the frontal lobe of the brain and the heart, believe it or not. And as you know, Chuck, the, the reason that's true is because those are the short tissue of the body. 
Th those are the things that are most susceptible because, in fact, they can't um, be as protective as the harder parts of the body. So, so that there was really a, a, a sort of a, a, a breakthrough in a sense that even the federal government, they spent $25 million and they found and they proved there's a 2 to 13% increase in those cancers to those parts of the body with those kinds of exposures. Wow. That's consistent, by the way, with the frontal lobe uh, uh, growing 2% for the last 10 years, compounding every year to the frontal lobe cancers. So, wow. um, and th there's those kind of reoccurring uh, constantly re supported data coming from all different parts of the world saying these kinds of things can can really bother you. You really want to think about it when you use them. Daniel, that is so terrific. Let me ask you this. Um, that reference, is it on your website or do yes. you have you have you have a link on your website for that? Yeah, we, we do. Actually, uh, we actually have um, learning on our website and we have all the science um, um, the current um, informative science that's been going on in the industry um, on the website. So you, you can look uh, there and you'll actually find all the sources that we're referring to, by the way. So um, is that the DefenderShields.com uh, website or the yeah. Radiation Nation book? Uh, DefenderShield.com and okay. look under learning. Okay, thanks. Yeah, we'll, we'll they, we have all of those studies um, in, in that. I'll pull that particular one down. And by the way, down, we yeah. actually, I have these all in the book, too. Um, oh, I, 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 I tried to get it. You, you know, it's funny. I, I, there's a, a Dr. Ali uh, Johansson out of Sweden, um, and, and he, uh, he read the book, and he called me up, and he's a researcher of electromagnetic hypersensitivity something like uh, chemical multiple chemical sensitivity and, yep. and he said you know i i can't believe all the stuff that's going on in the world and i said i know that's why we wrote the book it's it, we're trying to help people understand in fact there, I, I don't want to use names but the, the, one of the the, uh, the the best known radiologists in the country called me when he read the book, he says, you know, I always understood ionized radiation. That, that's the terahertz space for our uh, uh, electromagnetic radiation. And, and as you know, when you go to the dentist and they throw this big, heavy piece of lead on top of you, and then they run away into the other room and they, and they say, are you still alive? That's because it's ionized radiation that's impacting your cells. That's what they're concerned about. Um, and so he called me up and he said, oh, my goodness. I never realized non-ionizing radiation, which is the stuff you and I are talking about today, mm -hmm. actually has similar. It mutates cells and damages the DNA potentially. Wow, that is amazing. Well, let's jump over. I mean, I, first of all, I'm just enjoying this so much. And I know a lot of people are, but let's jump over to the uh, question I'm sure is on everybody's mind is what do you do about it? I mean, let's talk about the devices and um, and their pictures, folks, the uh, listeners, over at DefenderShield.com. He's got a a cover, a uh, protection for every single one of the devices. But I think for those of you who are on in the car, going to work, listen to this on their Bluetooth. Uh, what? Tell us a little bit about those devices, what they consist of, and how they actually block the radiation. Okay, um, I, I, let, let's do that. I'll start by saying you don't need anything 
if you're smart enough to keep stuff away from you. Mm-hmm. Really, that, now I can't. I need a phone to my head. I, I use earbuds. I use um, my shielding, and I'll talk about that. But the start is if you're if you're disciplined, you actually can minimize those exposures that are most likely to to bother the body and the cells of the body. Now, if that's not your choice, we're not victims. I actually created lines of products that literally stop the signal from going in the direction of the shielding. So when you use a cell phone and you put it to your head, the signal goes out to the tower, but it doesn't go in towards your body. It doesn't go in towards your head. So there's no emissions that are touching your body, uh, your head, when you're using a cell phone. Well, see, that's interesting. Let me stop you right there because I was looking at that. I did raise a question about that. Okay. It looks like the protector is on the outside of the cell phone rather than on the inside where your ear is. Could you explain that a little bit? I, I will. Um, RF signal transmitted from a cell phone, and in fact, any other device, is known as omnidirectional. And you may know that as to be in all directions. Yes, sir. Right? So... What we did was we took a, a cell phone, we put it into a case, and then we put a cover on top. And then when you put it to your head, that cover is actually shielding you between the device and your head. What does that mean? The omnidirectional signal is being stopped in the direction of your body and it's transmitting to the cell tower. So everything works fine. We're actually allowing us to use the devices we have in our lives in a way that minimizes those dangers when it's close to your body. So part of that uh, uh, piece of equipment is actually between you and the cell phone, yeah. and it's, it was this translucent or something like that. I, I, I couldn't really see from the illustrations. It, 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 it's really a simple concept, Chuck. It, it's all we're doing is stopping the signal. And if you want to know, we refract, we conduct, and we absorb. We actually have multiple functions going on there to ensure that the signal doesn't hit pass through that's the technologies we use um refraction what does that mean you know when you see a fish in the water and it's not really there someplace else that's refraction Mm -hmm. so we refract the the low uh, uh extremely low frequency stuff we absorb the rf and we conduct the rf and it all dies within the shield believe it or not in real time so there's never that exposure amazing well, that is very, very interesting. I'd tell everybody here to go over and look at that website because if you're concerned after this conversation, which would be hard to imagine that you wouldn't be concerned after this conversation, and by the way, the references to cancer over there, uh, ADD is one part of the picture, but the references to cancer and the varieties of cancer on that particular site with peer-reviewed references, is they're, they're loaded over there. So if you are like I am, uh, really very busily involved with um, these kind of radiation vehicles and you don't even know what you're doing, which uh, you know many of us don't, uh, it looks like there's some solid answers over there that could really be uh, lengthen your life. <laughs> you know, let's get down to the basics and certainly take care of your, your health, not only your mental health, but your physical health as well. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I have a, a friend of mine who is a uh, biochemist, uh, um, and uh, we often talk about, w- is it genetic? Uh, are we more susceptible because of our 
our lineage? Is it the body's exposed? We, we're not really sure in science what the me mechanics actually are and who's more susceptible than the other. What we do know is some of us really are. And, and uh, you wanna, we're not victims. You should take action by planning your day and there's vehicles to do that. Precaution is one, buying products that, that are tested by independent laboratories. There is a lot of stuff out there, Chuck, that claim to be um, a science miracle and, and they're not. There's no scientific evidence. They, they do anything that they state it does. Uh, so simply look for science backing the, uh, the claims that are being made by any, any vendor that you choose in this space. So what would be a scientific group that you would recommend that we consider in purchasing a product? Uh, I went to the FCC labs. Believe it or not, mm -hmm. uh, I, I said, I'm not going to mess around. I'm going to go to what I know they're, they're experts in the, in the space. And when they develop their test plans, they actually know how to develop a test plan. And when they say this is what it does, they really understand what it does. So you really, you, you really want to have a more technical, um, electronic-based type of evaluations. And the FCC labs are one example. Universities typically can do some of this stuff, but generally speaking, you really do. You don't want to buy something that says, I have a testimony, I feel better about it now that I'm using this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like- <laughs> That doesn't count. That does not count. <laughs> I feel yeah. so much better now. <laughs> yes, right. In fact, the radiation helped me. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to think more clearly. Yes, right. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, don't you hate it when that happens? Well, Daniel Debon, we got to say thank you so much. I mean, you know, we went on a little bit longer than we usually do, but I think that there were so many interesting wrinkles to this conversation that so many people are grateful that you've shared this with them because, you know, it's, it's, it's so absolutely useful. And I appreciate the uh, opportunity, you know, to actually pass on your book to folks. We're going to invite people to come to your two websites, which we'll talk about in just a moment. And I just think it's great that you took the time and, uh, and that you've provided these services so that we can use these friendly devices without thinking we're out there damaging ourselves in some way. Right, exactly. And um, well, thanks again for inviting me on. I, I'm sort of passionate about this. Uh, and I became more passionate the more I, I found out that the research communities weren't talking to the practitioners. The practitioners weren't talking to the other, other practitioners. Yes. It was disjointed almost. Um, and so by helping bring all the, I wrote this, I didn't write this book for you, by the way. Mm -hmm. I wrote this book for your mother, your, 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 your daughter, your wife. I wrote it so people could understand this complex stuff in terms that they can really take actions for. So thanks for letting me share that, um, my book with them and, 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 and the, the uh, products that we offer as solutions to protect you. Well, what you're saying is the book is readable for anybody. It's not right. just for the medical community and, uh, and other people. So let's talk about your websites and then we'll close up a bit. So let's tell us where we need to go to talk to you and see what's going on. 
Okay, you can actually find Radiation Nation, the fallout of modern technology, on our website, and that is uh, DefenderShield.com. That's DefenderShield.com, or go to Radiation Nation, a book, and you can purchase the books uh, on that site. The products we sell, and we have a, quite a number of them, and we're continuously adding more, um, is uh, DefenderShield.com. Yeah. You, you just go to that site, and you can find all the research you want to find about the subject matter. You don't have to buy anything. Just just take a look at what the subject matter is. Read the, our blogs. We write original blogs about the subject matter uh, once a week. We, we try to get out the, the, the messages of what's happening in the, the scientific community, sharing that knowledge to the lay com, uh, community so we all have a better sense of what's going on. And if you want earbuds that are the safest, we have them. If you have a cell phone case you want protection, but we probably have it. Yeah, I was interested in those earbuds. And, and what happens is the air transmits the yeah, the the sound as opposed to that, which is interesting, you know, as opposed to uh, running through wires. Yeah, actually, it's a, 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 it's acoustical coupling. When, when we developed it, I, I remember. Remember when you used to took your cell phone, uh, your telephone, you put into this this uh, case, and all of a sudden, it, your your internet connection would occur. That's an acoustical link. What you're doing is converting the electrical signals to air vibration sound mm -hmm. and that's what we did um we actually created this uh, where we eliminated the most dangerous part of that link and that's around your your head um uh, th that's where you could be potentially impacted we totally eliminated it simply by using acoustical links it's amazing, Daniel. So listen, we do have to go. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, if you have something else that comes up, you're like, hey, here's a wrinkle that you folks need to listen to. Give me a call. We'll, we'll get you on again. We'd love to have you on. Okay. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Daniel. Thanks for listening to Core Brain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because, as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive, misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications, like those written for ADHD, are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.